0: You guys, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blinds. It is me, Troy McGee. And Kelly Williams. And of course, this week, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, obviously, we have to talk about Aaron. And we just felt like, I don't know, it would just be disrespectful to be talking about Car- Kardashians and pop culture news and stuff during this conversation. And also, we've done a blind item episode about Aaron. So we just want to kind of to talk about feelings and being sad and all the things.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely going to be a different episode. And I just want to also say, like, I feel like sometimes people feel weird about grieving a celebrity that's passed, mm-hmm. but it's okay to do that. And I think sometimes people need to be reminded, like, no matter what you know you're going through or whatever, like, if a someone passes. That you didn't even like really know. It's still okay to be sad about it.
0: I agree. I I do not like when people make people feel bad about that at all. Mm-hmm. Because I say this all the time. Like pop culture means so much to people. You know, whether they realize it or not. Like you're literally raised by these people. And Aaron literally is a unique celebrity in the sense that we have known him since he was actually like nine. Right. You know, when people say like, oh, I grew up with them. We literally grew up with Aaron. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And of course, these past few years, he's been on Instagram live so much. Mm -hmm. He like invited so many people in to kind of watch whatever was happening. And I do think we need to talk about that, too, Um, because there's a part of me that does feel a bit guilty that I'd be on these Instagram lives, then come on this podcast and just make jokes about it. Right. Like I'm not going to brush over that. Yeah. I think my only kind of saving grace thing is that I was never in comments being hateful. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But there is that part of me that does feel guilty still that I would like just come on and be like, Oh, and now he's doing this crazy thing.
0: Well, I think it's hard to not get swept up in, you know, when everybody's making fun of a, of a famous person. It's sometimes impossible to not get like swept up in it when they're like making mm-hmm. teams and you know they're all over social media and and it feels like everybody collectively thinks this person is like a joke. Like you kind of have to be conscious and like remind yourself, like, no, like this person is like struggling, you know? And we always forget that, myself included, until it's too late. Right. And that sucks. Like,
1: I do like to think you and I did watch his lives from like a different perspective though.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Because for a while I took a step back because he was being so angry and like threatening people on his Instagram lives. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. But I think what's sad for me is probably the last month, month and a half, I I went back to watching his lives on TikTok and, and all of that. And there were moments where he was allegedly huffing duster off screen, and but there were those other moments where you know he's driving and singing Shape of My Heart, and like it was it was hard because it seemed like he was starting to be get better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. He was definitely having really intense, I feel highs and lows on social media. He always mm-hmm. does, but recently it was like very intense. Yeah. And I was reading, I think, on Reddit or something about how um his recent posts there was like one where he obviously like the head shaving one and you know the
1: tattoo one
0: the tattoo like there was a handful of them that people were saying online like really worried his family a lot like Mm -hmm. it felt like it was do or die and um I don't know I just it's so surreal and it's also just a surreal thing when a famous person who everybody expects will die when they do yeah it, it it's like a different kind of surreal because it's like god we we really could have avoided this
1: yeah and i mean last week you and i were talking about him for the first time in a while i think and i believe you said a close call or a false alarm is the best thing we can hope for aaron yeah eerie i know so i mean what was your reaction to the news? Because guys, Troy's the person who told me, and I was like, really glad it came from Troy. (laughs) I'm really glad it came from Troy. Um, but what was your initial reaction?
0: Well, I didn't think it was real. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fake. I got the TMZ alert. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is probably, Aaron's gonna go on live or something and be like I'm not dead like you guys want me to be dead like I just really thought it was like a false alarm almost like when he got pulled over Mm -hmm. and like he didn't do anything wrong I was like oh he's gonna like pop up online and like make fun of us for saying that he was like dead and um I waited for it to up that it wasn't real and then I went on Twitter to see if it was really like kept ch- checking everything to see if it was actually happening and a lot of people didn't think it was real for the first like hour or so for some reason mm-hmm. Um, people were reporting that it might not be real and then when I found out that it was I was just like in shock I could not believe it and you know that thing happens when a celebrity dies where immediately like, that their whole career gets put into perspective You know, like, I started having thoughts about his childhood and all the times that he's tried to, like, communicate to us how sad he is and how much help he needed. And I just thought about, like, how avoidable it was. Like, you know, it just feels like it could have been avoided.
1: Yeah, I can, I totally agree with you. What about
0: you? What was your reaction?
1: Not well. (laughs) I, um... I guess I didn't know what to think because obviously I've been like following Aaron fairly closely the last at least 2 maybe 3 years and I was heartbroken. I told Troy it felt like we lost a coworker or something like that, like someone who I knew but not really like personally knew. Yeah. Um and just like a little background personally, I lost a cousin in 2018. He was schizophrenic, he had addiction issues. And I almost feel like watching Aaron was almost like, in a way, like seeing my cousin.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And it just kind of reopened that wound and a lot of people reached out to me. So thank you guys for all the DMs and like comments, but it kind of was like, wait, was I a part of Aaron's story somehow? Like it's somehow, I don't know. It was really interesting that I maybe didn't realize so many people put him and I hand in hand like when they thought of him they thought of me
0: yeah that was interesting like our messages so many of them were like Kelly are you okay Kelly are you like I was like wow like our podcast is so directly tied to him now like that's so crazy and I don't you know you and I talk about him so casually I don't think maybe we even realize that like even at our live shows we come out and announce Aaron like every he is a huge huge part of our Of our show and I don't know I just it made me feel like the same kind of I was like wow like we're the first people that a lot of these people are thinking of finding out that he died like that's pretty crazy
1: and I hope that people know even though we made the jokes about his lives like we wanted help for Aaron Mm -hmm. and I, I feel like that's why we talk about him so much because these child stars when I think of The perfect, like, bad child star. I don't know if I'm wording that correctly. Yeah, I get it. But it's Aaron Carter or Lindsay Lohan, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, he's almost, they're like the blueprint.
1: For our generation, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I was also thinking, too, just how wild it is that, like, you know, Aaron is somebody that we all, like I said earlier, we all kind of thought wouldn't make it or something. And like you said, I, I, we do in our own way, try and obviously we're like snarky and we're sarcastic and whatever, but like, I think people know our intentions with this podcast and like where our heart is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of stuff is like, so sad that if you don't joke about it, then like, it's just like, how do you get through it? You know? Um, And in Aaron's case, I just, and I feel like I can speak for you when I say this, like, I just don't understand how people can know the kind of stuff that they know about him and like what he went through and like a not care Mm -hmm. and b like really really make fun of him in a way that's like really intense like commenting shit on his posts and you know like harassing him on his lives and shit like you like we all know what this guy went through
1: yeah and I think that's why during his Instagram lives I would keep quiet I would just kind of read everything. The only time I ever got noticed is when I commented, you should have a reality show. And he pinned my comment. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> but but yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever, and this could just be me not having my eyes open to like a bunch of different celebrity Instagrams. I don't think I've ever seen someone be told to kill themselves so many times in a comment section.
0: Yeah. I agree. And so consecutively like he he must have been so used to like hearing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when whatever state he's in, whether he's like doing well or even when he went through that period of being like really thin and he had to like go on the doctors and get like a x-ray or whatever done and prove that he didn't have AIDS and all that shit to the public. Like it's sick.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: fucking sick. And people like him for me just prove That as much as we want to act like we're so woke and like we're so, you know, above who we used to be 10 years ago, we are really, really not at all as fucking educated about mental health or warm about it.
1: I was going to say, I almost feel like it's worse when you can have, you know, a fake username and not put yourself out there.
0: I agree. It's one thing to flip through like us magazine and make fun of somebody, but to tell Aaron Carter every single day directly while he's in his kitchen and his living room to kill himself. I think it's worse
1: for sure. And I also don't want to brush over, but obviously over the past few years, he has had a lot of anger stuff. He has a rest, um, Angel and Nick put out a restraining order against him. His Melanie put out a lot of different, um, allegations against him he didn't have custody of his son his son's being raised by Melanie's mom we can't brush over that either
0: sure totally
1: you know I think it all kind of goes hand in hand but I don't want people to think we're going to ignore that because we're not
0: no not at all and I think that you and I when it comes to like mental health and drug addiction and um, all of the stuff that comes along with it it's like I'm never gonna excuse that stuff but mm-hmm. I, I'm also aware that that's the ugly side of like mental health and that's the ugly side of addiction and I almost kind of feel like in this country um I was talking about this with my friend Zach about Brittany like you know mental health like we're so warm to people's mental health issues if they're like a a, a well-presenting person with mental health issues but mm-hmm. if they're not if they're a person with mental health issues that is actively, you know, they're activated, they're manic or whatever, and it's not like pretty, you can't like wrap it up in a bow and be like, this is depression. Like when it's really gritty and down and dirty and the person is like not doing well, like you really see what this country actually thinks about mental health.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just have to hope like he, he's found peace. I think- I don't know if you read on TMZ, they talked about how he had a welfare check. Someone called a welfare check on him after a TikTok live. And that's when he locked himself in the bathroom and nobody saw him alive again. Yeah. And that's something people would do to him a lot. Just call the cops at his address. And I I can't wrap my head around that stuff. I know.
0: I know. And this idea that like, even the people... Like, on YouTube and stuff, like, you'll see these videos, like, these compilation videos that have, like, honestly, like, 2 million, 3 million views of people compiling him lying Mm -hmm. or, like, telling mistruths or not remembering the past or whatever. It's, like, this person is not mentally well. Right. Like, what are you doing? You know? Like, this is why I always say I don't like following the every single moment, you know, tmz news scroll of a person who's manic yeah i don't i
1: don't want to
0: know i don't i don't need to know the crazy thing aaron said to the lady at the checkout at target and i don't need to know you know that he was doing something weird on his way to the car and all that stuff it's just like why
1: yeah how do you think what do you think about the media treatment with aaron i would say specifically and I could be wrong with year-wise, but I feel like within the last five or so years is when people started to really, really notice like Aaron was very unwell. I
0: would agree. I feel like um like his Instagram era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's almost like like if if we were going down like a Wikipedia list, like that would be a chapter, his Instagram chapter of his career it was like such a big part of his whole public thing but i i just feel like the media's treatment of him has been honestly comparable to like a like a like a, a freak show like elephant man some kind of like you know caged circus animal like it's mm-hmm. horrendous it's really really bad and I've never understood the people who would have him on their shows like on their podcasts just to make fun of him and like catch him in lies and it's like yeah what do you think that what do you think is going to happen if you sit down and talk to Aaron Carter for an hour and a half about money and clacks and stuff like yeah crazy shit's going to go down like why exploit him why do that.
1: Yeah. What is the
0: point to make fun of this struggling guy like.
1: And I think it's so interesting how TMZ, oh, TMZ. Did you watch the Selena documentary at all? Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, no, no, I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it.
1: So if you guys haven't watched it, it's on Apple Plus. But at one point, Selena was put in a psychiatric facility. TMZ found out before her mom did. So I am assuming everyone in Aaron's life found out he died through TMZ. And TMZ was always in his front yard, always at the airport, just badgering him. Yeah. And I think that that what comes along with a lot of child stars is the want for attention, because that's what they've always had. And he was such like easy prey for them.
0: Yeah. He was such a target for that, because he would give them the craziness, the views. You know, he would say the crazy shit that they wanted him to say, you know, he never like really understood that he was being made fun of. And I also feel like, you know, you would often hear him talk about like how people also didn't understand his personality. Mm -hmm. And I would often find too that like, yeah, throughout all of him saying manic stuff and like lying or whatever, like he did have a really um, big sense of humor. Like he was like a joking jokester kind of guy. And if you've watched him for long enough, you know that. He's like mm-hmm. silly, very goofy, always like making faces and doing voices and even as a little boy. Um, And I feel like that was also like used against him in a gross way.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, And I don't think people understand his impact on pop culture and how many records he sold at age nine in one thing that I always think about with Aaron, obviously that's who we're talking about, but Jesse McCartney was always still like hot Jesse McCartney. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, girls my age, 31, they're like, oh, I love Jesse McCartney. I still love him so much. Aaron didn't have that. Right. And I'm always curious like what it was. And I don't know if it's cause Nick is his older brother and I can only imagine what that's like having Nick Carter as your older brother in the nineties. Yeah. But I'm curious, like, you know, even Justin Bieber, when he was going through his tough spell, there were still people like, no, he's, he's good. He's just, he's a kid. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Aaron was never given that grace. Same way, in a way, Lindsay Lohan wasn't given that grace until much, much later.
0: That's true. I've never really thought about it that way, but it's true. I wonder if it has to do with the fact that like, he was so world dominating, famous, like so young. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, the way that we look at Justin Bieber, like, with those videos of him being, like, a a kid, like, strumming his guitar, like, on the steps or whatever, hoping to become famous. Like, at that point, Aaron had been famous for, like, three years. Which Mm -hmm. is fucking wild. Because when you look at those videos of Justin, he's a child. Right. Aaron was, like, such a baby. You know? And I don't know. I also feel like his looks went through such a peaks and valley kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, he had such extremes in the way that he looked. But I don't know. But also that being said, as somebody who spends a lot of money on magazines, like I am kind of shocked by how often I see Aaron in these magazines older, not like older, older, but like teenager, older, early 20s. As, like, a heartthrob.
1: It's kind of crazy that Aaron was like washed up by 17. I know. And I was reading a lot of comments on TikTok, and a lot of people were like, oh, he like paved the path for Justin Bieber. And so many people are arguing he didn't. But if Aaron Carter had someone who gave a fuck about him pushing his career, Yeah, he he did. I mean, he did pave the way, but he would have continued to elevate, in my opinion.
0: You know, I'm glad that you brought that up, because the one thing people seem to, for whatever reason, um, love to try and take away from him was, like, his talent. Right. And, like, what is that about? Like, you think just because somebody goes through, like, a drug issue or something that they're not talented or, like, you can't be washed up and be considered D-list, but not be like talented. Aaron Carter was so magnetic that he was able to sell out arenas as a 10 year old.
1: Right. Like you, your faves could never, you know what I mean? Like how can even he- on Even on Instagram with his Instagram lives, he'd be playing beats he made. And I was like, that's actually really good.
0: He was so talented. And like you said, if he had somebody who was like who gave a shit about him and and wasn't just using him as like a way to help f- like fund him running from the fucking police, he would have had a, a much different career. You know, he had no shot.
1: Not at all. And I think everyone listening needs to re- remember that. You know, he's ten years old on tour with Backstreet Boys and in sync. Yeah no parents, just being an insane kid and being able to do whatever he wanted. Like, that's not okay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I always like to remind people too that um, in the time frame that Aaron was like signed, by that time, Lou had like lost the Backstreet Boys. You know, he lost sync. He was like, he needed money. Mm-hmm. And to Lou, these bands like Lou didn't care if these bands were famous for longer than a year. They just so happened to be like really talented, but he didn't give a shit if they faded into obscurity. He wanted money, he wanted quick money, big amounts of it, fast. He wanted like flash in the pan, quick, easy money. So by the time Aaron showed up, like Lou was dependent on this nine-year-old kid in a way that is so in a in a fucking appropriate for this nine-year-old to be keeping him his head above water because he's in debt and owes people money.
1: And you know what I mean? Yeah, can we talk about Lou a little bit? And just so everybody knows, everything from here on out is very alleged. Yeah, we got to talk about Lou. I mean, he was basically given to Lou Pearlman to live with Lou when he was six or seven, allegedly. Again, remember, everything's alleged from here on out. Right. What the fuck?
0: And that's after his mom had, that's after Nick complained to his mom about Lou.
1: That's after one of the in sync moms found inappropriate pictures of Lou in a hot tub and it was either Nick or Justin. Mm-hmm. I think it was Nick.
0: I think it was Nick, yeah.
1: Yeah, so these families wanted Lou out of the boys lives because clearly it was horrific I mean even in the Backstreet Boys documentary Howie talks about how Lou used to get them all together to watch porn together when they yeah. were like 15 years old
0: yeah and I believe Howie's I want to say it was Howie's mom um was one of the first ones to get the ball rolling on like getting the conversation going like listen like Howie's complained to me about some weird shit going on And he's not allowed to go over there, like Mm -hmm. ever. So don't ever, if my kid is with your kid or whatever, he's never going to lose house. So some of them weren't even allowed to go there. So Aaron was moved into his home after all of this. So that like puts you in the mind of like, what kind of parents he had, why he was born. Like he was born as a meal ticket. He was not born out of like love. He was created to make money for his family.
1: Absolutely. And he even said in an interview when he did MTV Cribs right before that, his parents said they were divorcing, but he still had to do it. And even before recording last week, I told Troy, I turned on Pluto Pluto TV and Aaron and Nick's Cribs episode was on and I watched it. And I was like, it's so sad to know what happened.
0: Yeah he, um that clip's been going around of him talking about that crib's episode on ET and he said like you know he had to go around and give a tour of all the stuff that he was about to lose in his family splitting up you know like it's just it, i think it's it's impossible for us to even imagine the the torture that this kid has endured his whole life and that's just the stuff that we've been able to see
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like the fucked up thing is that's just the stuff that he's talked about. These are things that he has said out of his own mouth. You know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up that I think is so important to Aaron as like a celebrity and uh tell so much about the abuse that he went through. So the thing about Aaron was that Lou would use him as like a tool. Like Aaron was like Lou's Swiss Army knife, mm-hmm. and. It was like, if he needed Aaron to go to like a beach per se, like say Lou wanted to start another girl group, but he needed like five beautiful girls. He would send Aaron out on the beach to like find girls and bring them back to Lou's house. Or if he needed like, allegedly, if he needed like a contract signed or like an endorsement or something to go through, Aaron was his like, party favor that he would send to different people like Aaron was literally his life vest this child
1: and Aaron is so protective of Lou and that's something we got a lot of DMs about um you guys can watch boy band con on YouTube it's Lance Bass's um documentary about Lou but Aaron says you know Lou never touched me Lou never did anything But one of our very first Instagram posts on beyond the blinds is a video of Aaron and his mom on Instagram live. And somebody commented, they were like, did Lou ever touch you? And he starts laughing. He goes, no, but he touched Nick. Yeah.
0: And they like, they like laugh.
1: So this whole family is so fucked up. Mm -hmm. They've lost two kids and their dad.
0: Oh yeah. And their dad. Yeah. And not, I mean, the fucking dad, like, that's the other thing. So, of course, we've been getting a lot of DMs about House of Carters. Oh, God. Naturally. Yes. Um, a lot of people are looking it up, watching it for the first time, rewatching it for the first time in a long time. I think the House of Carters is one of the darkest reality shows that's ever been created.
1: I wasn't able to watch it because it disturbed me too much. And even like the clip circulating, I'm like, not now. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: It's just, you really have to, because here's the thing. It's one of those shows that you watch. And of course there's like a plot, like, you know, Angel's going to get her hair dyed today or whatever, but there's so much subcontext and nuance in that show about addiction and all kinds of stuff, abuse, sexual assault, parental abuse I mean it is it's a cesspool it's fucked up
1: what do you think is the most disturbing because I guess for me the only one I'm super familiar with is the Nick and Aaron closet fight Mm. but I know you talk about the dad showing up a lot
0: yeah that's the most disturbing for me I I mean it's like burned and I can see every moment of it in my head because it's so like graphic to me
1: And was it just their reaction to the dad? Is that what it is? Well, the one,
0: their one sister who, who passed away, um, she was so like visibly, I don't even know the word you would use. Like, like the thought of her dad showing up was so intense for her. She was having panic attacks. She was like pacing back and forth and she kept trying to find ways to leave the house and um it was just really intense like a really intense reaction and Aaron's reaction to their dad was just really alarming to me like he the way that he was like hugging him was weird and I've always said this about Aaron I think that because he did suffer so much abuse at such a young age I've always felt like he had like a weird issue with like boundaries Mm -hmm. like physical boundaries where he obviously didn't know them he wasn't like aware of them and he would do things with people sometimes on camera that was, like, uncomfortable because he had no concept of, like, things being inappropriate. And just the way that he was, like, laying on his dad and hugging him was weird. He went into this really weird, like, repressed baby voice with his dad where he was talking like a little boy for, like, a long time, like, goo goo gaga talk. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, weird. It made me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just the the best example of the worst outcome of a child star.
0: Yeah. Never like loved. Not raised with any kind of like compassion. Just abused.
1: No, and we will talk about Nick in a little bit. We know a lot of people want our opinions on Nick's response and Angel and Hillary Duff and all of that. So you guys know what we have to do before we get into Nick, Angel, Hillary, and more Aaron stuff. Hey everybody, this episode of Beyond the Blinds and sponsored by BetterHelp. Of course, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working out for you, it's normal to feel stuck in life. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent. I know the holidays are coming up. That's not an easy time for anybody. But therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of your challenging emotions and learn coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. As you guys know, Troy and I have both used BetterHelp and we really enjoy it. So as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed embedded therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch out to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month BetterHelp.com slash blinds. That is BetterHelp.com help, slash blinds.
0: We need to tell you that this week's episode is sponsored by Factor. With the very hectic holiday season quickly approaching, it is the perfect time to start planning ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop prep, cook, and deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle.
1: Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have tons of healthy, flavorful options to choose from.
0: I tend to get really super stressed out during the holiday season. So being able to choose from Factor's fresh, never frozen meals makes it really easy to fuel up uh, when I'm on the go, when I'm out shopping, doing the Black the Black Friday thing. And it takes all of two minutes to heat up. It's incredible.
1: So I love Factor because I'm a big Uber Eats girl, and this is a lot cheaper than that. Now, <laughs> I know I can put that money towards something useful, like buying myself gifts, maybe a better microphone. We don't know. <laughs> Alleg- and-, Allegedly. and thanks to factors commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful chef crafted meals, guilt-free
0: factors. No prep, no mess meals means I don't have to clean my kitchen, which is really my goal. That's all I like, <laughs> like I just, any, any excuse to not have to clean.
1: So head to go.factor75.com slash blinds60 and use code blinds60 to get 60% off your first box.
0: That's code blinds60 at go.factor75.com slash blinds60
1: to get 60% off your first box. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you (laughs) cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business,
0: and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash blinds.
1: All right, let's talk about reactions because I have some thoughts. Um, Angel put out a really good Instagram story a few days ago and I'm going to read that just so if someone wasn't able to find it. She obviously did the Instagram post as well. But she said, thank you so much to every single person who's reached out to me. I'm feeling the love and support and could not acknowledge you all enough. Furthermore, I have a few things to say. Although I'm blown away by the amount of stories I'm reading about how Aaron made them feel so special, this comes as no surprise. This is who Aaron was at his core. All he ever yearned for was you all to know who he was. He embraced everyone and needed to be loved in return. I go back to when we were nine years old. I was in Germany with my twin on a tour. It was a snowy day. The poor homeless woman walking down the streets barefoot. Aaron stopped her and gave her every dollar he had. He told her he wanted her to buy some shoes. She was so happy and grateful and started sobbing. This was the first pure act of kindness I witnessed from my brother. Another example, about four years ago, my husband and I were at Palisades Village here in LA. We took Aaron out for the day for some sunshine. As we were walking around, a homeless woman approached us. Aaron opened a conversation with her, asking her about her well-being. He grabbed her and hugged her without hesitation. This is who Aaron was at his core, a person who loved and sometimes to a fault. He was so stubborn, and although I couldn't save him, I knew he would have given any of us the shirt off his back. That is Aaron. I could go on and on with stories about my twin like this. And my point is, I want you to remember the sweet man that he was deep down. To his fans, he loved you all so much, just like his family. I beg of you to please embrace all the good and to honor it. That's all Aaron ever wanted. Just like my brother Nick said, mental illness and addiction are the true villains here. We have to all do more. Look out for your people. Sometimes just checking in and saying, how are you, makes more of a difference than you know. This country has to do further to take care of psychological health. We tried many times to get Aaron the support he needed, and this state did not make it easy by any means. Our hands were tied, and what we did with disconnecting ourselves was out of love. I'm thankful that he and I spoke just two days before his passing. Aaron knows his family cherished him and sometimes you can't save someone who doesn't want it. I realize in my soul that Aaron is at peace and in his purest form. He's in heavens playing piano, dancing silly and wrapped in the arms of his loved ones. Aaron, I promise to honor you and to take care of you until the day I die. My heart is broken into a million pieces. I know you would want me to be strong like you were. And I will do that. I got you Dukes forever and ever and beyond. I love you so much. And you're embedded into my soul.
0: Like, just, like, kill me. Yeah. God. So sad.
1: And I think people with addiction or have addiction in their family or lost someone to addiction. I know, like, again, personal story. It's like, I had to do that the cousin who passed, and it's not an easy thing. And it also doesn't make their death easier. Mm. And I think we got quite a few DMs about the Backstreet Boys and Nick in particular, obviously, because that's his older brother. In the way I think of it with Nick, him and Aaron had a terrible relationship probably since day one, honestly. They were so forced to hate, not hate each other, but forced Mm -hmm. together and then forced to not be together I don't know really weird stuff
0: I agree with that forced to compete in a weird way too
1: yeah for their parents love and attention for Lou's love and attention for the public and they look so similar when they were younger
0: yeah they look similar and they're both very broken people so it's like you know and then Nick had this like totally undeserved like superiority complex over his family, where he was like, "I'm the parent." Sometimes, and it's like, "Well, why? Like you're a fucking mess, too."
1: He was paying the bills. That's probably why he had that.
0: Um, that's true. You know, I but... to... Oh, sorry. Go on, you go.
1: Oh no, I was just gonna say, like, with Nick and the Backstreet Boys, they performed at the O2 Arena, I believe, the next night or night of. But everyone was like, I can't believe Nick was out there. But this is how I think of it. If Nick didn't go on stage, people would be like, well, they weren't close anyway. Like, why isn't he on stage?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And even though he's breaking down on stage, people are still like, well, they weren't close anyway. He was allegedly really abusive to Aaron. Why is he upset? But all those boys knew Aaron since he was three years old. Exactly. And all they
0: have ever known is to perform through trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not like this is the first hor- horrific thing that's ever happened to them, and they've had to, you know, perform through it. I mean, what what like more comforting thing to do than the thing that you've been doing your whole life when you're going through something like that with like the people that he's closest to? I don't think that's weird at all. And I also think it's like weird to judge how people grieve
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that. Like at the end of the day, it's his brother. And, like, yeah, they did have a really tumultuous relationship, but, like, you don't, like, you can't understand, like, a sibling relationship. You know what I mean? The, the complexities of it. Like, we'll never, we will never get that. Right. Um, I wanted to read a couple things. I I had sent this to you the night of, but I found myself on Aaron's tagged posts. And I was looking at stuff that people were tagging him and who like really knew him like, like close friends. And um, this is a post from somebody named Miss Jillian Marina. And it says, I don't have words. I wish I could say we're, we're shocked, but we aren't. I wish I could say that we weren't even surprised, but we all knew that someday soon that this would make headlines. I remember when we were 16 years old. We would all get locked out of your hotel room in Virginia Beach, and you would proceed to go to a joining room by joining, I mean about 20 floors up and around the corner, to crawl out the window balcony and to crawl out the window balcony and shimmy around to your room, Spider-Man style. And no, he wasn't high. He was just a kid who thought he was invincible. I remember us all joking that the tabloids the next day would read, quote, Aaron Carter commits suicide when he really just locked himself out of his room and couldn't be bothered to go to the front desk or give your alias Johnny Bravo. But here we are almost 20 years later and these tabloids are out. Only as far as we all know, you didn't kill yourself on on purpose. I'm sorry that your life turned out like this, Aaron. Back then you were fun, lively, ridiculously talented, and you were a kid with a huge heart. Honestly, you can't be fully to blame for how everything ended up. Let's be totally honest. In a lot of ways, you really got the shit end of the stick. I'm sad for you, I'm sad for your son, and I'm sad for your family. I'm sad for the people who were like your family, all those years ago who you pushed away because you didn't want to hear the truth. You only wanted to surround yourself with the people who would enable you. Those people all, even if way deep down, hoped that someday you'd be okay and you'd be able to resolve your differences. Because they all, we all remember that fun, lively, ridiculously talented kid with the big heart. I'm sad that this, that that chance is gone and I hope that you finally get some peace. I mean, like, come on. Um, and I also just wanted to really quickly read Brooke Hogan's post.
1: Yeah, because they were very close. Like Nick Hogan was in those lives talking to Aaron all the time.
0: Yeah. And like somehow I've randomly also, by the way, become internet friends with Nick Hogan. You have?
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, Nick and his wife like comment on my Instagram posts all the time. They're both like so nice. Um, but Brooke boasted this thing that it said, uh, things that the world didn't know about you. You could play every instrument, and you didn't just play them; you slayed them. Your voice was not only beautiful; it was technically perfect. All you needed was a mic. You were a true professional vocalist. You taught me how to sing in Spanish. You loved Jesus, and you were such an old soul, so spiritual and in tune with everyone around you. You loved your family and always gave them the benefit of the doubt, even if you were hurt. You never gave up hope that it could mend. You lifted up everyone you interacted with. You complimented them. You listened and you hugged. You spend your money. You would spend your money on anyone before yourself. You were so generous, and people always took advantage of you. You weren't funny. You were side splitting, hilarious, and goofy. You were a prankster, and the stories and faces you'd make could make someone laugh so hard that they'd pee themselves. Oh,
1: God. So I went to high school with someone who went on tour with Aaron and was his guitarist. Okay. You gave me a platform. You told me you were still getting ready and to go get my guitar that I was going on stage. You didn't care how much the direct support band had paid. That was now my slot. You gave me the chance to earn that. It's unreal that it was almost 10 years ago. And the last time that I saw you, I don't even think you knew who I was. You handed me 10 stacks of stuff to my gym shorts And proceeded to spend it all at the mall. I can't tell you how cool that was to me at the time. I'd never toured like that. You were only like a month younger than me, but I felt like you lived a lifetime before me. You knew my struggle, my pain. I drove countless miles, had the time of my life, saw my country twice. And thanks to you, I was able to record an album with my own paycheck. I will never be able to thank you the way that I probably should have. And if I'm lucky one day, I'll catch you in the stars. So it does truly seem like the last five or so years is when it all kind of just and Mm -hmm. came like crashing down.
0: Yeah. It feels like you can time it based on like when he started living in that house and like all of those guys just like coming and going, Mm -hmm. you know, if it gave real enabler vibes, like, you know, what a person they perceive to be wealthy in quotes you know, with this big house that they can just come do drugs in and pass out and come and go and sell drugs in. And, you know, their meal ticket is, you know, passed out and easy to take advantage of. And it's just, it feels like he had some really gross people around him at the end.
1: And his ex, who I don't remember her name, I'm so sorry, but it was while he was sober, they dated.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh God, her post.
1: So her name's Lena Valentina and she put up a bunch of Pictures with Aaron, a story of him sending a bunch of gifts to families in need on Christmas, and a text message that she, she sent his manager within the last few months saying, get him help or you're going to kill him.
0: Her post took me, I like, if I wasn't crying before, her story ended me. Mm-hmm. It ended me. I mean, because it was like, such a stark diff like healthy, sober Aaron. it was like, wow, you know, when somebody slowly deteriorates in front of you, you kind of forget because you kind of lose focus of like what they looked like to see healthy Aaron in mm-hmm. those like personal videos like laughing and stuff with her. It was that was like very haunting.
1: it's crazy and like I said, I've been on his Instagram lives the past few months. And I remember back in October when people were accusing him of huffing again, doing the, the bottle, the spray bottles. He said, he was like, I'm an addict. If I want to become an addict again, it's my choice. Don't blame other people. Uh, it just still it still
0: feels so surreal. Like I still feel like I'm gonna get the alert Aaron Carter's gonna live pop up on
1: my phone. Me too. Do you think that this will open a door for more conversation about how child stars are treated? Or do you think it'll be, I hate to put it this way, but how every other child star death has been?
0: I think it'll be like all of them. Um,
1: I especially for him, right? Because he hasn't been well for so long. And look
0: how fast we went right into our little routine that we do where it's like, make fun of Aaron, tell him to kill himself, you know, make fun of his career, blah, blah, blah. And then literally the minute he dies, think pieces about how talented he was. Oh, he was so nice. Gone too soon. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Mm -hmm. We didn't waste any time with this one. I mean, our, it was like, literally minutes after we found out we were, it's just so fake. It's so disingenuous to me. I'm so sick of it. Like have the same energy when the person dies.
1: I completely agree. And we got a lot of people asking us to do a, um, a emergency episode and Troy and I were totally prepared to do it. I was flying in from Nashville Sunday and Sunday morning, we were kind of talking and we were like, we shouldn't, we yeah. should wait. We should sit up with our feelings and actually give a proper episode about how this man was treated and again we understand that the last few years he has not been a perfect human Mm -hmm. and you can't brush past that sure but you can also acknowledge all these other things that have happened allegedly happened to him that kind of fueled that and he was so alone and like um in like solitude he had no friends other than people on his payroll
0: yeah he was very isolated
1: isolated thank you that's the word I was looking for
0: like just like tucked away from everybody and so outside of like the industry and you also have to think like how many secrets this man held on for other celebrities mm-hmm. other famous people I I don't think people people love to act like Aaron wasn't that famous like sorry he was like pretty famous it's world dominating news that he died like he was a very famous person he was very like connected for a long time in his career you know
1: were you surprised that Hillary Duff said something yeah me too but I thought it was perfect
0: I thought it was too I thought it was very sweet and I thought it was a nice little acknowledgement of like yeah I have my career is like forever tied to this person and like for the betterment of my family and like staying safe. Like, yeah, she kept her distance from him for a long time, but you know, like she still got it, you know?
1: I'm, I know Lindsay liked that post, but I'm kind of surprised she hasn't said anything. I know she's promoting her Netflix movie. I'm curious what your thoughts on, on Lindsay.
0: I was really surprised by that too. I was really shocked that Lindsay didn't say anything because if anybody should have an opinion on it, it should be her. Mm -hmm. No, my God. Like if she hasn't been in that same predicament almost so many times. So I was surprised by that. But again, you know, you never know how a person's like grieving. And I, I bet there's like a lot of pressure when a famous person dies to like say the right thing when you're a celebrity, you know?
1: For sure. I mean, even with Nick's post, a lot of people were like, well, he got those pictures from Google. Okay.
0: And that's exactly like you said earlier. If you, if you do say something that you don't say it right,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: like, God forbid, you're trying to mourn somebody that you care about, but you didn't say it. You didn't do it the right way. How people like for you to mourn. I guess the one thing that I have always said about Aaron was that, and you had kind of mentioned this earlier that he was like the blueprint. And I feel like there's this handful of like celebrity men they've had such eerily similar lives and backgrounds and like ways that they've been treated by the public and it's very specifically Aaron Justin Bieber and Corey Haim.
1: Interesting okay.
0: There is I've posted this on Instagram before but there's this um Corey Haim documentary that came out when he was like a teenager and it's so eerie because it came out during his like he was sober so this was his first time like being sober and like trying to get insured again and like wanting Hollywood to know like I'm I'm sober and I'm ready to act again so he made his own documentary to explain like I'm in a better place and blah, blah blah like I'm ready to take charge of my career and all these things and it's like The stuff that he's saying, the way he looks, where he is in his career, the the way, it's like, I'm like, this is so crazy that this has happened so many times. It's like the Twilight Zone. Um, But it's such a specific group of guys that have all had, like, such a similar, and in my opinion, allegedly, again, faced a lot of similar abuse.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at, like, Justin Bieber and Aaron, because they both started so young. They both were sent to live with older men. I mean, Scooter was in his thirties, but that's still much older than a teenager. And it's so insane that this keeps happening where these young men are sent to live with these older people who put them through whatever they put them through.
0: Again, like nobody sees the pattern.
1: Nobody. I mean, we, or Troy put together a Chris Stokes episode that's on our Patreon. That is so fucking insane.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and like, that could be, I mean, you know, it's like you replace the names and it's like every it could be
1: anyone, you know. And it's like obviously our podcast tries to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. How much can we do? We don't know. We also know people like Christy Carlson Romano and allison Stoner, they're trying to really push that. Yes, being a child in Hollywood is not safe. Mm-hmm. But who when will people listen? That's what I'm curious to see.
0: I agree with that. It's like, when will people wake the fuck up? Like, this is not case by case. This is a system. And these kids are being fucking abused. Like, I just don't, it's like, what, how many, how many child stars have to die the almost identical washed up death, you know? And have the same story. For us to be like, oh, maybe this does happen to people. Are you kidding? Right. Like, are you kidding me? Shirley Temple was a hundred years ago and it's the same story as Aaron Carter. It's all the same.
1: I mean, Judy Garland. Yeah. And it's, it sucks that talking about this has been tied to certain conspiracies. That's really a fucking killer for people who do want change. You know, Troy and I aren't just saying these things just for shock value.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. The QAnon connection to child endangerment in Hollywood is so frustrating.
1: So frustrating. Jeanette McCurdy didn't write a whole book about it just for people to be like, well, you know, QAnon. Right.
0: Like, we have said this before many times. Fuck you and on that is not what this is about it's not conspiracy and it's not like this isn't like some fucking pizza gate shit this is like dan schneider being fired from nickelodeon because he literally was accused of doing terrible things it's not like hearsay there's you know it's not folklore like these things are happening
1: right and that happened in what 2007 right We're not that far removed
0: from it. And like you said, how fucking disrespectful Jeanette McCurdy did not write a whole ass book for yeah, for people to be like, that's not, you know, like, fuck you.
1: Yeah. I just, it's so sad that this is likely going to happen over and over and over because people don't want to hold other people accountable. People have blackmail on other people. Yeah. I mean, what is it going to take? Is it going to take... You know, I hope this obviously does not happen with Justin Bieber, but say in eight, 10 years when Justin Bieber hasn't sold a concert in however long, is he the one who's going to have to say something? Because all these lower level celebrities have spoken out about abuse, but nobody listens.
0: Yeah. And I listen, we all have our own theories and thoughts I truthfully believe that Justin, during his, like, Yummy era, I do kind of feel like he was passively trying to communicate his thoughts about how children are treated in the industry. And I've always felt like the Yummy video had so much, like, tongue-in-cheek, campy, you know, wink-wink, do-you-see-what-this-what-I'm-really-talking-about shit going on that's almost undeniable. Mm -hmm. Um, And look at the way he was, like, ridiculed, made fun of, the way that the, the press was turned on him you know that and it was like oh this is his art pop he's flopping you know what I mean like it's a fucking very wicked system
1: it absolutely is and there is a part of me that wishes Nick could talk would talk more about it but I think Nick can't talk more because if any of the Backstreet Boys or Sync really talk about stuff like that I mean Lance always says like Lou gave weird shoulder massages. Right. But say if, say if like Joey says something that happened to Justin, then he's telling Justin's story and Justin has to open this whole thing. And that could, o- I mean, yeah.
0: And it's like a thread being pulled. Like, you know, once it pulls, it's like there's so many names attached to so many people, you know, then it incriminate, like you said, it'll incriminate other people you know, like everybody's got a gun pointed at somebody else. And it's like if one person fires and they all could fire. And I, you know, I think that has everything to do with
1: it. I thought when Lou Proman died, all of his skeletons would come out and none have.
0: Not even his money. No, nothing. He said that he had that money buried all over the country. Mm-hmm. He buried money everywhere. Nobody even knows where it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I appreciate you guys for listening to us kind of just talk this out because obviously Aaron was a big part of the podcast, whether we realized it or not. We almost had like an Aaron corner every other week. Dude.
0: And it's like so crazy to think like he's been such a big part of our tours. Yeah. Like he was such a big part of our live shows for every single city. Like he is our icebreaker Mm -hmm. you know and it's like I don't know it just oh it still just doesn't feel real and I'm just really sad this one really hit me
1: yeah I cried a lot I can't even pretend I didn't
0: (laughs) this one was tough and the other I guess the other thing that makes it tough with Aaron is like you know when other sad like celebrities go through hard times like there's so much like fun stuff to look back on in their careers. Aaron doesn't have a ton of happy nostalgia. Like he's got, he's kind of been getting kicked around since he was pretty young.
1: Yeah. Since he's like 20, probably, right?
0: Yeah. So there's not like a lot of like when I was on YouTube looking at old Aaron stuff, it was like a lot of really sad, sad stuff. And even the stuff that was happy, it's like you look back on it and you're like, okay, this is a nine year old trying to explain why he doesn't feel like he's missing out on his childhood okay
1: and I don't think we've gotten any better with how we treat child stars Mm -mm, I don't either not even a little bit
0: yeah not even a tiny but if anything it's probably worse because social media has opened up a whole different avenue for child stars and they can be preyed on on social media in like a more hidden way true so I just think it's like
1: worse So what do you think people should or could do to bring more awareness, alcohol and like alcohol addiction, all of that mental health. I'm sure every single person listening can relate either to themselves or someone in their, in their life. And we we're talking about celebrities, obviously, but we know the struggle for regular day people as well. What do you think? Could, how, how do you think this changes? Do you know what I mean? Because there's only so much we can say about, obviously these children are traumatized from day one of stepping foot in Hollywood, but right. is there anything more that, can, that we could do? Do you know what I mean? I think that we
0: can just generally be smarter than the media. Mm-hmm. Like, we can be smarter than the dumb shit that we're reading. We don't have to feed into these, like, narr- these, like narratives about child stars and stuff. Like, we feed into it. And, like, it's the same old story every single time. And I just feel like if people could just open their eyes to the fact that this is the most reoccurring, recycled, you know, paint-by-numbers thing that happens to these kids. Like, it's a, it's a, there's a system in place to, like, discard these kids when they don't when they're not like financially making money for a bunch of grown people again and we take part in the way that we in the way that they get discarded you know like when they decide that they're no longer it's like well we're Lou Perlman's done with Aaron so now we're done with Aaron we're gonna fucking rip him up and throw him away like garbage because this crook can't steal money from him anymore you know like it's just I guess that part of it, I wish that we could just be a little bit more conscious of. And also just, like I said earlier, following the, whether it's Kanye or whoever is like going through some like crazy manic episode publicly, following the every single moment monotony of it is so unhealthy to us and to the person.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know if anything I just said made any sense, but...
1: No, it definitely did. It definitely did. And it makes me sad for Aaron to think like his last whatever was some someone calling in the police to check on him and him locking himself in a bathroom.
0: Oh, my God. His That's- only
1: friend was basically his live-in maid, who's the one who found him. Yeah. Or housekeeper. I'm sorry. Live-in housekeeper.
0: Up until the last day that he was alive, he was, like, going through it.
1: Right. I was watching his Instagram live with Spencer Pratt, and I was like, what the fuck is this?
0: I know. I was just watching that, too. It's just so surreal. It's so surreal. Oh. And it's so weird to think we're never going to talk about Aaron. Like, I mean, we'll talk about Aaron, I'm sure, in some context. But, like, we'll never have, like, an update about Aaron again or anything. Like, that's done. It's over. He's gone.
1: Right. And I don't think it's appropriate. TMZ put out some information about the state of his like bathroom and bath water, even. I I was just like, what is there's no need for that? And I don't know. I think unfortunately there are still people in Aaron's life who will continue to sell stories about him until the end of time. Yeah. But it's all heartbreaking. I mean, his son would be is turning one this month. Aaron's birthday would be next month. I know Aaron didn't have custody of his son, but again, reading stuff, it seemed like he was really trying. He was going to counseling classes again, therapy. He was going to a parenting counseling class and he also just shot a pilot for a show. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's always so sad when it seems like they're getting so much better on the outside.
0: Do you think that there's going to be like, like, is the documentary era coming are we going to get a a million Aaron Carter documentaries
1: I don't know because they'd have to talk about Nick yeah that's true I don't know how people would go about that I think if someone was putting together like a child star documentary he would be probably one of the main focuses on that Mm -hmm. but I kind of don't I don't think people understand how impactful Aaron was to a lot of people to be honest
0: yeah I agree
1: I think he'd be part of like a bigger documentary see I feel like he could I feel like
0: it might happen Mm. I could see it happening because it kind of harkens back to what you said at the very beginning like I don't think a lot of people know how successful he was Mm mm-hmm And I'll be honest, I mean, I'm a year younger than Aaron, so I was, like, literally his age. I wasn't, like, listening to Aaron's music, you know? I wasn't really the demo. Um, But even when I was watching documentaries and stuff just the past couple days, I don't think I even really knew the level of the amount of records he sold. Like, over 2 million on his debut album. He was 9, you know? Like... He really was successful. So I could see them doing a documentary, like kind of re-examining like his career and like just looking back on like his younger years because nobody really has talked about it ever.
1: Yeah, and they could use all of his Instagram live clips, honestly.
0: Yeah. Which is- He's he's been so so, like um, public, filmed, you know, all the time.
1: And one thing before we end this, I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned it. You mentioned it a lot, actually. It's like these child stars are so used to all this attention, all Mm. of it, all of it, all of it. And when it's taken away, they don't know what to do. Right. And I think he's, again, another perfect example of that.
0: Yeah, where even if it's like negative attention, it's still some sort of like validation that people want to talk about you or talk that they care you know the people that the world cares about you for whatever reason you know
1: yeah i'll say this one hit harder and i'm so happy Troy that you're the one who told me
0: yeah
1: um because we do get a lot of DMs when stuff like this happens and sometimes it gets really overwhelming mm-hmm. um so yeah thanks for just taking care of like the inbox and all of that cuz i was i was really not well <laughs>
0: No, yeah, for sure. And I I hope that, I don't know. I don't know what this would have done for someone, but I hope that it, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't don't know. You know what I mean?
1: To be honest, guys, I think Troy and I needed this episode to kind of just like talk everything out because at the end of the day, yes, we are snarky. Yes, we talk shit about celebrities. We're aware of what we do. But when it comes to child stars and predators, like, child predators in Hollywood, we do take that stuff like fairly seriously, or at least we hope you guys know we do.
0: Yes, 1,000%. And again, we have to be snarky because if we didn't and we talk about this stuff every week, two times a week, we would be, I mean, we'd be in straitjackets, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's also sad. Um, Hopefully this is a bigger conversation, but again, with our news cycle, I mean- this won't be, Aaron won't be talked about in a week.
0: No, we're already in the, I'm noticing now on TikTok, we've reached the conspiracy era of his death. So now everybody's like, "Is he was he murdered? We're like already there. It took Whitney like a year to get there. We're already there for Aaron.
1: And a lot of people, I guess one of his last posts were like happy holidays and everyone's thinking, oh, that was his no." I don't think, I think this was an accident. Yeah. and really unfortunate one. Um, but yeah, I hope we all can just kind of like, just, I don't know, just look at stuff like this differently. If yeah, that's yeah. one thing that this podcast does for people is have you look at something differently, that's, then we've done our job.
0: And also reminder that we do have, because a lot of people have asked if we're doing an Aaron Carter Blinds episode. We actually did one. Um, it's on our Patreon. So if you want to go back and listen, it's a few months old, but if you want to go back and listen to that, we went through all of Aaron's old blinds and we talked about House of Carters and stuff. So,
1: and we're not comfortable releasing that one to the public because it is really graphic.
0: It's extremely graphic. It's very, very dark, like just trigger warning. It's a great, I don't even know we were doing trigger warnings yet.
1: I don't think we were cuz it was one of our first episodes, one of our first Patreon episodes.
0: Yeah. So we you...
1: we also talk about Nick there too.
0: Yeah. So just
1: be warned. Yeah, so just a warning for that and again we know people like Allison Stoner and Christy Carlson Romano are really out there using the the platforms that they have yeah. to talk about abuse. And also Alexis from Zoe 101 has gone on a lot of podcasts lately we would love to have any of them on just to talk about their experience because people have to start fucking listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't just keep doing this like cycle and being like child stars are crazy. They, you know, they grow up too fast. Like it's not 1994 anymore. We have to like it's time to like wake the fuck up, you know?
1: Exactly. And there's there's no spot for people to be like, "Oh, well, Hillary Duff turned out normal." Okay. God. Okay. So, look at that. <laughs> like
0: they get introduced to drugs it's like you watched one too many like vh1 driven episodes
1: like hayden Panettiere said she was given drugs before a red carpet when she was 15
0: exactly by her team they can't handle the fame they shut up
1: shut up and guys honestly thank you for letting us do an episode like this just to kind of work through our feelings i hope this feels like some kind of group hug or group therapy or something because i think a lot of people listening found a connection with aaron and for like for my personal thing he reminded me of someone that i lost and i almost was like holding on to him in a way because of that and he was just someone that we could easily talk about cuz we know a lot allegedly what happened in his past
0: a a big hug is the best way to put it i also hope that this felt like some kind of group hug or you know, just like a moment of like reflecting and being sad together.
1: Yeah. And yeah, just thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. Um, I feel I'm not even going to say like, usually I end stuff. I'm like, make sure to subscribe and rate. But I just want to remind people listening, like if you are sad about this or if you are sad about Kobe or Whitney Houston or Whatever, whoever, whatever celebrity—that's okay to mourn a celebrity that you looked up to or grew up with or whatever. Yeah, go stream
0: Aaron's music. Listen to fucking uh that one song that he put out was so good. It was like gold something. who's gold. Fool's gold.
1: Yeah, Fool's gold is a good song.
0: <laughs> that was so good. Go fucking support Aaron's music, and we love you. We'll be back with your regularly scheduled programming next week.
1: And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Rana Glickman
0: here. Brian Safi here. The co
1: hosts of Ask Rana with Rana and Brian. There's
0: only two of us, but I get third billing.
1: Our fabulous advice podcast comes out every Tuesday. We answer all kinds of pressing questions like
0: What do you do when your boyfriend's mother is poisoning you? Mm-hmm. Or when you get an Airbnb host who dies? We have fabulous guests like Conan O'Brien, Lamont Morris, Nick Kroll, Hannah Einbinder. Listen to Ask Rana on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.